everybody. This is uh, Cameron here with the American Deciding Factor podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the quote-unquote don't say gay bill that just passed uh, in Florida, how it's actually called uh, something else. And uh, what's in the bill? The don't groom my child bill. Yeah. And uh, and uh, what not only do you need to know about it, but also how can we bring it here to North Carolina and why is that important? So yeah, without further ado, um, I hope you guys will enjoy this episode. If you enjoy it, make sure to follow us at Deciding Factor on all platforms and make sure you are subscribed to American there or to the American Deciding Factor podcast on YouTube, Rumble, and whatever podcast you app you use, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever. Um, it helps us out so much, guys, so we can reach more people and get the truth out. But yeah, uh, my name is Cameron Hunt. I'm Isaiah Woody. This is the American Deciding Factor. All right, what's up, everybody? So uh, let's get into what is the "Don't Say Gay" bill, quote unquote, um, and what it and what is its actual name, and kind of like the uh, the summary of what it's about. So, um, and if you guys want the text for the bill, you can look it up, and it's also going to be in our Discord uh, with all of our uh, with all of our notes. Um, so, as the media has been calling it uh, the "Don't Say Gay" bill, it's actually formally named the Parental Rights and Education Bill, or it's HB one five five seven. Um, in Florida, the Florida legislature. Uh, and HB stands for House Bill, if I'm uh, pretty sure that's right. But anyways, so uh, this kind of already tells us what we need to know um, about the left and how their need to like slander things so that they can outrage their supporters more. Like the sole reason for um, changing the name to call it the Don't Say Gay Bill, quote unquote, like it's just, to, it's all for outrage. Like because nowhere in the bill does it talk about like in Florida now you cannot say gay like that is nowhere yeah. that's no that's nowhere in the bill like and it's complete garbage. Apparently, there's people going around in Florida now putting up signs that literally just say the word gay. Like yeah. it's just a sign with a simple word gay on it, and they think that they're doing something with that. But yeah, it makes again, no sense. That's a complete mischaracterization of the bill. Uh, if people are saying if people are calling it the "Don't Say Gay" bill, then they have not read the bill. So yeah, absolutely. Um. So, it, it's already been signed into law by Governor Ron DeSantis, which, as many of you know, you know, that's, people are calling him, like, America's governor or whatever. Like, you know, he's going to be a very, like, big hopeful run for either 2024 if Trump doesn't run or 2028. But anyways, um, he signed into law, and essentially what the bill does is it does not allow any discussion of sex or gender identity in the classroom from K through 3. And it could also be interpreted further until the students are ready. Um, but for the most part, uh, like it specifically says K through three, like that is for a fact. Um, but before we go any further, like let's all talk about, or I guess we're going to talk about, but you can think about it mm -hmm. and like think about why this is a good thing, right? Because me personally, Cameron Hunt here, I think that kindergartners through third graders uh, being barred from learning about sex, gender identity, all that kind of stuff is great. Like, I think yeah. that is awesome. And Let's remember, these are five to eight-year-olds. Right. Like, this is, I mean, I know we say K through three, but, I mean, for those of you who aren't thinking and, uh, like, applying that to their age, this is a five-year-old to an eight-year-old. Right. Like they're, in your mind. They're learning to count, to read, you know, like, to read and write. Like, Some and that's what they should. cursive at the end of that. Yeah, and, like, that's what they should be sticking to. Uh, I put it simply, they should be sticking to only the essentials like simple math and arithmetic, 
reading and writing, simple science, and hit and brief history, right? Like just uh, just the basics. Um, they should be spending time. These little kids, right? Like Isaiah said, five to eight year olds. They should be spending time learning to socialize with their peers and having fun while learning the basics, right? Like just the simple stuff in life. Not being groomed to believe in LGBTQ plus or all that, all the stuff that their gender is fluid or whatever it is, right? Like that's not the place for five to eight year olds. Like they barely even know how to write or read or count. Like how one, okay, how are they even going to interpret this stuff? Like some, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes sometimes kids at that age wake up and they're like, "Oh, I'm a dinosaur today." Like right, like that, it's not going to make any sense. But two, um. It's it's a moral outrage, like to me personally, that the left is going this far to target children with this gar. Well, it's garbage, but like to target children with this, um, like very like radical uh, gender like beliefs. Yeah, there's and, the kind of stuff that they're gonna keep in the back of their mind and question, and it's gonna put it's gonna plant self doubt right in their minds yeah. for years to come. Yes, I mean. It is too. I, in my personal opinion, if I really want to say, it's evil. Like it really is. Um, and if we do not enact similar measures like this in North Carolina, um, when we get the supermajority back or the governor's rate or the governor's house, sorry, um, shortly, uh, it's going to happen here. Like it will be pushed here, and that's a problem, right? That's a big problem, uh, especially for me and Isaiah, right? Like we're pretty young dudes, but eventually we're going to want to have families one day, as I'm sure. All of our listeners will, or most of you, and um, that it's a problem. It's it's our children are literally under attack, and we need to do everything and anything that is necessary to stop these groomers. That's what they are. Um, and I would say the left wingers that um, that let them uh, have their space in their party, well, their party, but also their ideas, right? Like this would not fly in the Republican Party or in the Republican spectrum, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I would say, is uh, united against this, and it shows um, because basically our whole party, even in the Senate, which is like a really good showing in the United States Senate, um, because that's a lot of different Republicans with different ideas, and even they are all like, this is crazy, right? So um, it shows that our party would not accept this crap. Yeah, but so there's, there's really quickly, uh, there's a reason that they're targeting uh, five- to eight-year-olds, and we kind of hit on it a little bit earlier. It's This is... As Cameron was mentioning, this is the basic, the age that you should be learning basic stuff. This is uh, like the socialization age where you're being socialized into society. You're just now learning how to communicate, how to interact with people, how to make friends. Like you're just learning how society and communication works. And so the reason that they're, that they're targeting five through eight year olds is because if they can start from that early of an age, then they can actually change the way that they think about this certain topic and this, uh, this certain idea, and it makes it much easier for them to win in the future uh, whenever they really want to make sure that this idea is like solidified into society. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on, uh, let's get into kind of some of the text of the bill. We're not going to bore you guys with that stuff for long, but just to kind of really uh, show you what it says so we can equip all of our listeners, our awesome listeners, to go out and spread the truth of this bill. Uh, we want to build followers here at Deciding Factor and the American Deciding Factor, this awesome podcast, that are not only conservative, 
but also knowledgeable of the news that they're consuming day in and day out, not just repeating talking points that, you know, you hear someone say on your Twitter feed or whatever it is, right? And all we ask in return uh, for the, all this information uh, is to follow us on all of our social media platforms at Deciding Factor, D-S-I-D-I-N-G Factor, and subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you listen to this uh, show on. And uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, let's get let's get into it. Let's get into some of the uh, some of the text. So, the main part of the bill, and this is why they're calling it the "Don't Say Gay" bill, um, is that, uh, as I stated earlier, instruction on gender and sexuality, um, or it, to put it in easier terms, sex and gender identity, will be constrained in all grades. Um, and like I said before, also, it's mainly K through three, but we could interpret it to be through all grades if a student isn't quote-unquote ready. Um, So lines 97 through 101 state that that classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through third grade or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. Uh, Moving on to a little bit further down the bill, uh, this is going to be lines 67 through 78. Um, this is uh, less talked about, but it shows that schools would be required to notify parents when children receive men- mental, emotional, or physical health services um, unless educators believe there's a risk of abuse, abatement, or neglect, right? And, like, that's a really hard line to draw. I will agree with that mm-hmm. because, you know, you want to keep the parents informed, but also if it's something that the kid wants to talk to a counselor about that, like, you know, they – Maybe it's going to, you know, harm them at home if they tell their counselor. You know, like, I, I understand that line, like, how it's kind of hard to be breached. But um, especially when it comes to stuff like this, like, if they're going to talk to a counselor about LGBTQ stuff or whatever, like, the parents absolutely need to be notified. Like, I don't think there's any lines to be drawn there. But basically, these lines, what they say is uh, in accordance with the rights of parents that they're adopting. Um, they are adopting procedures to notify a student's parent if there's a change in the student's services or monitoring related to the student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being, and the school's ability to provide a safe and supportive learning environment for the student. Um, The procedures must reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children by requiring school district personnel to encourage a student to discuss issues relating to his or her well-being with his or her parent or to facilitate discussions of, excuse me, or to facilitate discussion of the issue with the parent. Basically, that's a lot of text. All it means is, right, like we said, you got to notify the parents, and if it's an issue that shouldn't be discussed at the school, that they need to be discussed, it needs to be discussed with the parents' home. Like it should be. Not very hard to, you know, understand. Um, And then at the bottom of the bill, it basically has, like, uh, parents have a right to opt their children out of, like, counseling and health services, and um, there's one more part of it, and it's parents could sue the schools for violating the vaguely written bill. And, like, this is what – sorry, I don't think I mentioned this before. We're reading from the New York Times, but um, they call it the vaguely written bill. But, I mean, I believe that it's pretty well written, but I do understand why critics would call it that just because at the end of that part where it's talking about K-3, through three, it says when the student is ready. Like, I can kind of understand that. Um, and this is the big part. Districts will have to cover the costs. Uh, basically that if the parents sue the schools, um, the district's going to have to pay for it. And uh, 
I, I I don't really I guess I don't have enough of an uh, like knowledge to have an opinion on that if that's like good or bad but um it I think it's a good thing that this bill it puts the parents in charge of like enforcement right basically saying if you see a problem you are the one responsible for suing to uh to litigate it right it's not going to be up to the state of Florida to do that for you um so I think and I think that's a good thing it's kind of similar to the uh to the Texas abortion bill, which is like a really uniquely crafted bill, um, to, you know, put the the citizens in charge instead of the state. So uh, definitely cool how they've uh, they've like re-rigged the bill to be in a form of a parents, you know, rights for education. Um, but so now let's get into the last part of this part that I'm pretty passionate about, and it's that how can we bring this bill to North Carolina? Uh, obviously now. Um, as we here at the American Deciding Factor know, and I'm sure plenty of you guys know, um, in North Carolina, we have a majority uh, Senate and uh, House, I guess is the easiest way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it it's in Republican control, like pretty handily. Uh, but our governor's uh, mansion, governor's office, governor's home, whatever you want to call it, is controlled by a Democrat, none other than Roy Cooper. Um, so a bill like this, because we don't have a super majority in the Senate of North Carolina, um, it is not going to pass. But I, I really just wanted to talk about what is like what what is uh, is this bill like just a copycat bill of something like this? Would it be good for North Carolina, or should we strive to make it um, less vague and more uh, and make it more not enforced? But uh, I guess the word I'm trying to look for is like uh, broad. Like instead of K through three, it's like K through eight or something like that. So what do you think? What do you think? Well. We can kind of see, looking back last year, or not even quite a year ago, at the uh, Virginia race, that we can tell education is a really big issue Absolutely. For, for parents. Especially, I feel like especially in the South, um, it's become a pretty big issue because there's very tight family values down here, and any kind of infringement on that usually evokes a pretty fierce reaction out of people. So yes. <laughs> that is uh, that is definitely one thing that we're seeing. There's a lot of support for this kind of stuff across the across all sorts of different states uh, here in the South. But uh, I think the one thing that if we can't, I don't think we can bring this kind of bill specifically forward right now because of our situation with the governorship. Correct. Uh, we can definitely wait until we have the governor in office. Maybe Mark Robinson. Maybe someone else. Hopefully, uh, Mark. Hopefully, Mark Robinson, <laughs> who will be willing to bring this bill forward and to sign it into law. But one thing that we can keep in mind, that our legislators can keep in mind, our state legislators, uh, to keep in mind that we can sort of copycat, I guess you can say, what right. you touched on from Texas and now this, where the the enforcement arm of some of the legislation could be in the hands of the citizenry, where the intent of a bill is to be enforced by parents or by fellow citizens or by just regular everyday people who are seeing something and up until now would not have a way to actually get action done yeah. uh, without police. And then once you put it in the police hands, they they get to choose whether or not they file a report, all that sort of stuff. So right. I think that's one very good thing from this bill. As far as getting this kind of thing into law right now, obviously it seems pretty impossible with Cooper. Yeah, because of Cooper, yeah. But 
um, it's definitely something we should be looking forward to once we get someone like Mark Robinson or some other Republican into the governor's mansion. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I uh, we we obviously agree on the fact that we want to bring this to North Carolina, but I specifically. Um, one thing that I think that they messed up on on this bill that could potentially come back to haunt them in Florida is the fact that that first part where it's like K through three, but if you think that it's still not ready, then it's up to your discretion um, because that's going to be yeah. different for every single student. I think it would be better in North Carolina for us to say like, hey, we in North Carolina, um, we're not going to talk about sex or gender identity until – this grade, and I don't know what that yeah. this grade is going to be, but well, one, I can tell you it needs to be higher than freaking third grade. Because yeah, in third grade, I was higher. kicking rocks and swinging on monkey bars. I wasn't thinking about if I was, you know, cisgender or whatever, you know, whatever it is, right? So I think it definitely needs to be higher, but... I'm not even sure it needs to be at Taught at freshman. all, maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not even taught at all, but, I mean, some people say, well, once they get into high school... It might be a better idea to do it then, but I'm not even sure about that because you you got to think you're dealing with 14 year olds at that point, which is still right. somewhat pretty young. Um, I mean, people start to think about those things at that age, but it's still yet a very touchy subject. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it'd be like you know up into the uh, into the high school years. Uh, that's that sounds like you, you that sounds like what most people would agree on. Uh, but definitely, I would want to amend that part. And also, uh, there was a part in there about, um, let's see, the part about opting out of uh, health services and stuff like that. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, it should be up to the parent. Um, but also, the uh, the part about, like, the counselors hearing the kids, um, you know, thoughts and, like, maybe not telling the parents because of, like, you know, harmful or uh, something harmful or neglectful happening because of, uh, you know, like, the counselor telling the parent – I think we would need to build that out more and really define like what is harmful and what is not like what what are those guidelines for a school counselor because not only do I think that you know maybe that could hurt someone's job or something like not on purpose but also um I think that there could be loopholes because of that vague you know like that vague uh, part of the bill that enable um school counselors or whoever that want to push you know, like this LGBTQ garbage on kids. They'd be like, oh, well, if I do it this way, then it's not technically illegal because I said it like this, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we need to, it needs to mean not as vague. Like, obviously, I think this is awesome that their legislature passed this bill and Ron DeSantis um, because this is something we need to push for. But also, we need to, we need to make it more uh, set in stone, right? Like, you will not talk about X, Y, and Z. Not, you will not talk about X, Y, and Z until third grade or whenever we feel like it, right? Like, yeah. it needs to be more defined. So, like, there was something I saw that kind of goes along with that, like the um, the loopholes, I guess you were talking about, where this teacher, I don't know if she was in Florida or not, but put a certain symbol in her room up on the whiteboard. And yeah. it was like, it was a paper-drawn thing, but it was, like, uh, magnetized to the whiteboard. And she was like, yeah, this is a symbol that uh, some younger uh, LGBTQ+, whatever, um, people will understand and it basically means like I am a safe place and that you can talk to me about it and I feel like uh well teachers have I don't know if you experienced this but teachers when I was in high school they always talked about where if the classroom ever got into the topic of religion or sexual identity or whatever whatever the case may yeah. be they have always mentioned at least in my experience they say 
I'm not at liberty to discuss that or bring that topic forward, but if you bring that topic forward, then I can talk about it with you because you initiated the conversation. That might be something that a copycat bill needs to address. That might right. be something that this bill did not address enough. And then, like we were mentioning a little bit, some of the vagueness in this, it may potentially put this bill up for some like judicial review, uh, review and, and there might be... If there's any crazy courts or whatnot in Florida, um, they might overturn portions of this bill or uh, misinterpret portions of this bill and uh, de facto like reverse it. So right. that would be something that if we did get a copycat bill, we need to be very specific. We need to be very structured, and we would need to make sure that this discussion doesn't happen. Uh, if the purpose of the bill is to stop the discussion of this stuff, then it doesn't just stop with teachers can't bring it up in this certain grade levels right it needs to be teachers can't bring it up students can't bring it up teachers cannot engage in it whatsoever at all in these grade levels and these are the grade levels that are set yeah no vagueness after that yeah yeah i mean the only thing i would say is i mean i like if if a student's gonna bring it up they're gonna bring it up but rather like you said we need to close that loophole where it's like even if the student brings it up the teacher's like, um, I'm not at liberty to talk about that, so why don't you discuss it with your parents, right, where yeah. it belongs? Because um, this is disgusting that, uh, that I, I mean, I, you know, we say left-wingers want to discuss this, but, like, I don't care if you're left or right or center or up or down or whatever. Like, this stuff should not be discussed with children, and we need to affirm that in North Carolina as well, just like they did in Florida. But, yeah, uh, with unless you have any other comments, uh, I think we're good. All right, then uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been another great episode of the American Deciding Factor podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to follow us on uh, – uh, make sure to follow us at Deciding Factor, D-S-I-D-I-N-G Factor on all platforms, and make sure you are subscribed to the American Deciding Factor podcast on YouTube, Rumble, and whatever podcast app you use. Uh, it helps us out so much. Uh, and we reach out more. Pe- we reach out to more people and get the truth out more um, when you guys help us, us, right? So yeah, thanks so much, guys, for listening. See you guys next time.